Welcome to a special edition of That's a Wrap. We are talking about Room today in part of our series of Best Picture nominees for the Academy Awards this year. So it's just me and Nick today. So hey, Nick, how you doing? I'm good, Eric. How you doing? Good, good, good. So uh, just for the formality, uh, I'm Eric Marshall. And I'm Nick Schlegel. All right. So uh, we're going to talk about Room. Uh, This is part of... uh, eight mini episodes that we're doing one on each of the best picture nominees. And then we're going to do a uh, full episode on our favorites, our predictions, et cetera, et cetera, just like we did last year. So, and thanks for, thanks for tuning in. Uh, Nick, you have some facts about this film. Indeed I do, Eric, uh, over at Rotten Tomatoes room has a tomato meter, fresh rating of 96. Uh, obviously very, very solid up towards the, very, very upper echelon there and an audience score of 94%. So pretty much equal. The critic consensus is led by incredible work from Brie Larson and Jacob Tremblay. Room makes for an unforgettably harrowing and undeniably rewarding experience. And uh, at our other benchmark over at IMDb, which which always has a harsher rating system, the score uh, with 54,000 votes is an 8.3, very high for IMDb. So yeah, Room clearly has, for those who have seen it, it's it's been a pretty impactful viewing. Yeah, I'd say so. I mean, given the subject matter, you would, you would think so. Uh, I mean, it's, for those who don't know, it's about this woman who was uh, – kidnapped basically uh at 17 and imprisoned in a in a room for seven years uh, during which time she had a child and the film picks up uh when the kid is five just turning five yeah yeah and it's the child of her of her kidnapper that's the basic premise of the film at any rate so so yeah the subject matter itself is is, is guaranteed to be uh heavy (laughs) gripping i don't know right yeah 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 what Uh, did you i mean i didn't know that going into it what all i knew you know based upon a very you know vague description i had read somewhere was uh almost it was almost like the description i read suggested that this was a single mom who was just working very hard to support her little son, you know? So I thought this was going to be, yeah, (laughs) I actually thought this was going to be sort of one of those triumph over adversity uh, narratives that we often get in our suckers for, you know? And um, it is is of a different nature. And then I'm watching it and I'm like, I don't know, about 10 minutes in, I'm like, um, I realize they're really poor, but this is a, you know, this, this is kind of a weird living arrangement, a little weirder than I was anticipating. And then I actually, you know, I, I, I stopped and, and looked at, a, 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 you know, I didn't see this in the theater. I stopped and looked and saw a, a, a slightly better description of it when went, holy shit. Okay. No wonder they're, she's abducted. She's, she's, she's a prisoner. You know, uh, and um, like, you know, the stories you see on Dateline, of course, like the the guy in uh, Ohio last year with the three girls, you know, and I'm like, and holy cow, I started the film over again and watched it with a completely different mindset. And I'll be honest, this was one of the more challenging films I've ever had to watch. And, And I'm a horror movie nut. 
But that's just it. You know, this this wasn't a horror film. In fact, had it been a horror film, I think it would have been a lot easier to stomach because of the tropes and conventions associated with that genre. Instead, this was given a very realistic treatment. And therefore, it made watching the screen very difficult at times. And so that's kind of the framework I had for watching. I'm curious, like, what you knew about it going into it. Uh, I knew it was about a woman who was trapped in a room by someone that abducted her. And I knew there was a kid because all I ever heard about was, oh, it's this woman and her kid and trapped in a room. You, you know, so I, I knew exactly what it was about, but I didn't know uh, the nature of the room or what was going to happen or, you know what I mean? I knew it was built uh, based on a novel. Right. Um, the That thing in Cleveland that you just mentioned came to mind, of course, um, yeah. as a potential inspiration for it. Um, Cleveland area, yeah. Um, but yeah, so I knew what it was about, and and which is one of the reasons I waited to watch it because you know, you know it's going to be heavy. Um, so you you kind of hold off, you know, you, you go to Mad Max first, right? Um, yeah. But um, and it's interesting too. So that so I knew what it was about, but I didn't have any strong expectations because. I didn't know how long they were going to be in the room. I didn't know if they were going to escape. I didn't know if they were going to say how they were going to escape. I didn't know how much of it was going to be. Ha- you know what I mean? I didn't, I didn't know the outcome at all. So the, um, you know, we talk a lot on this podcast about narrative structure and the three X structure and all that. And I wasn't sure if it was going to adhere to that um, at all, or just be like this slow degradation of her like mental kind of abilities or whatever, you know? Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, the way, the way it actually the way it actually played out, um, I found uh, pretty satisfying. Not not in the sense of like, oh, that was a fun little romp, but in the sense of I think they, they did a good job of um, exploring the psychological aspects of, um, you know, of this kind of near torture mm-hmm. and, you know, kind of the aftermath of it. So I thought it was uh, it was well done on that level for sure. Going back to the the horror movie sort of connotations and the traditional three act structure. So for you know for the listeners who haven't seen them, we've we've basically given you the setup. But here's where I think the interest. And I haven't read a single review of this film. Uh, in fact, I didn't want to because I, I if I come across anything negative, I'd probably get angry. Um, in in terms of so as I'm watching it, Eric, I'm thinking to myself. I'm, I'm truly, I'm thinking of three act structure. You know, I teach screenwriting. I'm always screenwriting is always going on in the back of my mind. I'm like, you know, I'm always trying to outguess the, the writer, you know, because of yeah. the, the, the sort of um, standard format in which screenplays are written. Um, and I'm thinking that, and that has a lot to do with our expectations. So I'm thinking that act two is all about uh, the conflict of getting out of there. And then, you know, the climax of the film will be them getting out of there. How wrong was I? They, you know, and I don't know when we start to get into spoiler alerts here, you know. I think it's going to be hard not to do that. So maybe we should just go ahead. I'm just going to go right ahead and say, like, (laughs) I was in shock because they get out of there relatively early on in the film. And so what you, what I was, in fact, I, here's the thing. It played upon my expectations in a brilliant way because I thought it was going to be an epic fail when the little boy, uh, I forget his name, 
uh, Jack. Yeah. When Jack is in the trunk of uh, uh, the bed of the truck uh, as he's trying to get away playing dead, I'm thinking it's going to be an epic fail because how they can't get out of there. That has to be the climax of the film. You know, it it has to be. How can it not be? I was so wrong. He gets out of there. And in fact, you have this incredibly emotional powerful scene of him locked in another type of a scenario in the back of a police car as mm-hmm. his mom approaches him and you they have this huge embrace and i'm like all teary-eyed and i'm watching it and i'm like there's like 90 minutes left in the film, <laughs> you know like 80 yeah. minutes and i'm yeah. like what is going on with this film and i thought oh my god they are going to actually make the the point of the film about the aftermath of all this where, yeah. where most films like the horror film version of this would have been 10 minutes or less than that of this couple trying a couple sorry this the mother and, and son trying to get back any semblance of normality or what and trying to figure out what life is and and you know uh, i was uh, all of that the that's what the horror film would have done in, in, a, in a stroke of genius this film really makes the the conflict about readapting to a life after that type of trauma and the the boy having to figure it reminds me of plato's parable of the cave you know he he knew nothing of of the real world all he knew was that he you know the the, the sort of shadows and puppets of of and i can put a link to the allegory of the cave because that's what popped into my head when i was watching this yeah. film is about him trying to figure out what's 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 all this stuff beyond this room that he lived in for all those years yeah yeah, and that's uh, the the cave. That's a great. Um, that's a really good reference. That's a really good point because all he has is his mom, the things in the room, which which um, they strangely anthropomorphize. You know, he talks to wardrobe and sink and room like the, it's like their proper names, which um, is weird. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it just shows you just kind of how off everything is. And they have a skylight above that they can see leaves or rain or sunlight. That's it. Um, and they've got a television. And he believes that the television is this magical place, which of course it is, but he believes it's like it's not real. It's this magical, weird place that actually exists, but it's magical. But he doesn't get that those are actually things that exist in the world that were filmed. So his entire existence for five years is his mother and and their abductor and the weird goings on. And and of course, she's trying to protect him. So she doesn't tell him everything, obviously. Um, So it's it's just from the beginning, you've got this like complete kind of psychological uh, scenario going on. And and you're right. The cave is a really good. uh, It's a great allegory, the allegory of the cave, because all he knows is the the representations of what's out there and he doesn't yeah. know that he doesn't know that they are representations that's a that's a that's a really good point nick that's great well thank you i haven't i haven't read any reviews i don't know if anybody will pick up on that it's it's uh mm-hmm. uh but uh, heard it here first <laughs> that, that was the first thing that popped into my mind just from like a freshman year philosophy you know like in 20 plus years ago but um it, it, the the allegory of the cave, Plato's allegory of the cave, helped me find a framework to even better understand, uh, just past the level of intuition, what Jack was grappling with and why. And they do such a beautiful job of that. How overwhelmed his senses are when he, when he gets out of that room, and he's in the bed of that truck, 
and how he can barely st- I mean, how, you know, cause you're just like, just get up, just get up. You know, just, but it's oh, like, yeah. he, he, he can't, he's like paralyzed by the sky. He's paralyzed by the wind. He's paralyzed yeah. by, all that sensory, you know, all that coming that massive mm-hmm. amounts of like audible sense. Uh, all of his senses yeah. are just like overstimulated. And yeah. I'm telling you, man, for, from a guy who just like seen, you know, almost every horror film ever made. And this being the, the you know, terra firma of the horror film. Um, this was just an absolutely harrowing experience. And so I thought, oh, my God, they're going to they're going to make the movie about adapting to life now and i thought well how brave is that you know like the much more traditional thing to do would have been focused on the 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 obstacle of getting out of there well they get that out of the way and then it becomes all about how in certain ways in certain ways shapes and forms now that they're back with their family uh you realize just how like problematic that can be too you know uh, yeah. the media hounding them, the, the mother and the father, the father's got his issues. The mother's got their issues. There's un, unspoken issues between them all. Mm-hmm. Um, she does an interview in which things go South, uh, mentally for her. She, there's a suicide attempt. Um, okay. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay. So let's, let's back up going on there. Yeah. 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 Um, Let's let's just back up a little bit. Uh, I, I, when he when he gets out of the truck, I, you're right about all the sensory overload, and the camera work really captures that well too. Uh, handheld camera, the, lots the of music, music. Yeah. and the fact that the first people he sees, he sees a guy walking his dog, yeah. and dogs are very important in this film because yeah. he has this imaginary dog uh, back in room, and then the first thing he sees out of the truck is this guy with the dog. He doesn't know what to do. It's you really like feel his confusion and you get why he's not. And there's a part of you, Nick, and going back to the horror film uh, thing is there's a part of you that is absolutely certain that he's going to fail to give that guy the note. He's going to fail to, uh, uh, you know, tell the guy what's going on. And the doctor is going to pick him back up, put him back in the truck, bring him back. And then you're going to have another 60 minutes of just, things that are going to be worse and worse and worse as he punishes them. Exactly what I was thinking. Yeah. You're absolutely hundred percent certain that that's what's going to happen. And it doesn't. And it's so good because I think if it had been all just in the room in room, um, I don't think it would have been nearly as powerful as a film. No way. Because as, and, and and the other thing is that like you say, they get it out of the way. They don't get it out of the way that quickly. Like you're in the room for quite a long time. You know, no, 20 or 30 like, minutes. Yeah, 35, 40 minutes or something like yeah, that. Yeah, which is a good amount of time for you to believe that maybe this is going to be it. Sure. You know, and it also gives enough time for you as a viewer to go, you know, everything is filmed from within this very small room. And you have so many questions like where'd the kid come from? Uh, why does he have such long hair? Um, what's the relationship between the abductor? Uh, how is she trying to please him and also, you know, just stay alive, but also not? You know, there's all these questions that have to be answered and you're like, what what exactly is going on? And and it takes long enough that you get it. And then when when the movie throws you out into the world of uh, of the dog and then the outdoors and then the hospital, which is so bright and such big windows and, the you know, and all that as a viewer, I think you're just uh, you're, you're, you're discombobulated. You're 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 confused. Right. You have to reset as a viewer in the same way that she has to reset, obviously not to the same extent, but, you know, you have to readjust your expectations and figure out what's what's happening. It's it's beautifully done in that respect. 
Yeah, and then and and then basically all of that becomes almost irrelevant for the ambitions of the second and third act. Really, uh, how they met and what happened and this mm-hmm. that it all becomes sort of like you know just uh, empty mm-hmm. trash. Basically, that's done. Yeah, like right click on the recycle bin and get rid of it because now it's all about yeah they caught that dude. There's a trial. It's all about mm-hmm. you know as the doctor says, Jack is, is still plastic enough plastic. At, at, yeah. five, at five that he's going to, he's going to, he's going to make it, you know? So we're worried more about the mom now. Um, right. And uh, because we, we have faith that Jack is going to, you know, he's young enough that this trauma will always be with him, but that he's going to, with some work, uh, be able to have a quote unquote normal life and, and right. excel. But it's all about the the dynamic back at the house and and just the little pleasures, the little jolts, you know that I love that they're back in this. I love the uh, I don't know what you'd call them, sort of like the the partner of of Joan Allen, the the you know clearly the guy that she's with now, yeah, Canadian actor. He's such a wonderful, calming, yeah, male role model to have in the house, you know. Uh, for Jack, he, I just the way he he is around him, the way he treats him, I think yeah. really lovely, and I mean I really loved that, and so you know watching it like I, then so now we can talk about the stuff I was just alluding to a little while ago where all these all this stuff happens, the media get involved naturally, and the lawyers and the and and the dynamics between the daughter and unsung un, unsaid things, you know and it just becomes this big quagmire. There's like a bunch of landmines going off constantly that Jack is pretty, uh, you know, he just doesn't, he doesn't, I mean, this is though his whole universe was room, you know? And so, yeah. but he's, he seems to be almost adjusting as the doctor said, faster than the adults. The adults are the ones that are having the hard time. Yeah. All of the adults too. Not All just, of them. yes. Yeah. Well, the parents in particular. Yep. Um, yeah. Um, the William H. Macy character, he plays her dad and he has uh, some very serious problems um, with the kid, which is almost completely unspoken. It's all through uh, what he doesn't say or can't say. Um, and he does a good job with that because uh, I think the beauty of this film exists in the things that that aren't said, you know, uh, or the things that you have to kind of put together as a viewer, right. you know. Well, when she realizes that the parents are divorced and now um, her mom's with this other guy who she knows. Right. So he was part of their, their social child circle. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, and, and and so she's dealing with, I mean, from the time she was 17 to 24, that's just gone. Yeah. Um, so I like the scene when she's looking through the yearbook and she's like, I wonder what happened to these people. Probably nothing. nothing. Exactly. Nothing. You know, like just her trying to cope with with being in the world again, I think is good. And I think there are a lot of ways as a as a screenwriter or just as a writer in general that you could do this wrong. You know, you can get the psychology wrong. And I'm not saying that it's 100 percent like there are certain things where I'm like, I don't know, maybe, you know, but they're so minor, you know, that I think that um, from a psychological standpoint, I feel like it rings true, like the, what happens, how they deal with it, you know, kind of individually, it, it, it rings true for me. Well, that's the, that's really the most uh, the salient aspect of the film really is that it is, is it's, it's verisimilitude. It's yeah. not, it's not reality. It's the illusion of reality in this really fucked up scenario that we, we, we really swallow it whole. I mean, I, I didn't have any problem. In fact, 
I was conditioned to expect the film to go another way and not be brave enough to, to try and give a realistic depiction of how this would unfold. But it did. That's just it. It did. Yeah. I mean, it was, it's, you can't imagine. Uh, I mean, not you, Eric, but I mean, listeners, you can't imagine how, how like honest and refreshing that is to have a film, not, not put any pretense or, 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 or lie to you. It really, um, it, it really just tried to be truthful to you. And, 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 and it's grounded in these like ridiculously strong performances. You know, it's like, God, I didn't, I didn't even recognize, I didn't even recognize Brie Larson. You know, I watched Scott Pilgrim every every semester you know I know you do and i know it, i thought about that <laughs> at the end i'm like oh yeah it's uh, envy from scott pilgrim i didn't even realize you know she does a, a fantastic job and the kid does too i mean kids are obviously difficult to uh you know it, it, it's hard to find good kid actors but the kid does a great job too it's a remarkable film um it, and it was so hard to watch that that yeah. first 40% or so or 35% where they're captive because it may, you know, it puts, puts the spectator into such an uncomfortable position. Um, and, and, you know, they could go for the gross out. They could go for the cheap uh, uh, affects there, you know? Uh, and yet they don't, the, you get, you get like, a, you know, obviously she's got a bum tooth that she loses, which becomes symbolic in some ways. And there's a, there's some mice and stuff like that, but there's, that, you know, they don't really, they don't go for the cheap gross out scare or anything like that. And, and which you could right. so easily do if this was a different genre. And, and I, I just was so impressed with Rome. Yeah. And they didn't go through, it could have followed the courtroom stuff at the end and right. it doesn't, it just drops it. Uh, the guy, idea. yeah, the abductor is, um, you know, he's, he's human in his own way too. You know, he's not this total, like, you know, I mean, obviously he's a psychopath, but you know, but there's, you know, they give um, him a face and they give him a, a, you know, something. Yeah. Um, and the very end, you're right. is just, um, I, I guess we can talk about the very, very end. Um, yeah. Uh, when they go back to room, the kid wants to go back and and say bye to room basically. And they're sitting there and he's like, has it been shrunk and talking about right. the things that are missing. And then he says, it can't be room because the door is open and you get that. Like there's a shot of her and you're thinking the same thing. You're like, Oh God, don't close that door. Right. <laughs> you know? Please don't close, don't that, door. close that door. And she says, do you want me to close it? And he says, no, it's okay. Yep. It's, it's a nice little, it shows how he's growing and how maybe there's hope for her as well. It's uh, yeah, it's extremely powerful film. Yeah, hope for both of them. It's an extremely hopeful ending. That 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 sort of like last shot too is really lovely, and um, as it pulls away, uh, showing the the world, you know, and and yeah, when he goes back to room, you it's it's just like when you go back to your elementary school. For some reason, you walk in, you see <laughs> all the the how did I fit into that chair, you know, and like yeah. and just in a matter of a few months or something, he goes back to room, and it's like this can't be room, you know. Yeah. Um, and and at first there are possessions in there that are no longer there. And she's like, well, they've been tagged for evidence. But then he starts to recognize things. And like you said, says says goodbye to them, you know. Uh, and yeah. so we do get that sense that it's just it's kind of ridiculous how good that film is in some way. <laughs> I, I really clearly like Room a lot. So, yeah. Yeah. Especially for how uh, how small it is in a certain way. You know, it's uh, 
you know what I mean by small? It's it's uh, yeah. you know most of it, the first low concept, like no 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 robots blowing up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not Mad Max, it's not right? Michael Bay. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, good, good. It sounds like we both liked it. Um, when we come back for the full Oscars episode, um, I think Chris will Chris will be in the episode, obviously. And I think he'll have seen it as well, so he'll be able to weigh in on um, on this and and on some of the other episodes where it was just you and me, Nick. Right. I think, I think so, the um, Bridge of Spies and the Martian. Yeah, right. So I think uh, it'll be nice to get Chris's voice and some of the ones he wasn't able to talk about, and then we'll also go through and. Um, and talk about our favorites and our predictions and, and, and things like that um, on the, on the full episode. So that'll be, that'll be great. You can um, also, are are we ready to wrap up? Yeah. Okay. Uh, You can also uh, listen to the other seven episodes that we've recorded uh, about the other films. They're all around the same length between 20 and 30 minutes. They're very listenable. We stay away from spoilers um, for a little while and then we don't and most of them and uh, give a warning you know, yeah so you can you can cherry pick whichever ones you want to listen to and then listen to the full episode of the Oscar of our Oscar special uh, coming up this week so thanks again for listening uh, if you go to iTunes you'll see all of the episodes um, listed there and you can also go to our Facebook page where we announce new episodes uh, ask for feedback and things like that so hit us up on Facebook uh, you can search for that's a wrap you'll see the little guy with a uh, clapboard little blue guy and uh, give us a like over there and you can that's where you can find us so thanks for listening uh, again I'm Eric Marshall and I'm Nick Schlegel And uh, this is That's a Wrap. Thanks for listening. Cut. That's a wrap.